0: Greetings, cyberspace and welcome to episode 101 of the Double Density Podcast with your host Brian and Angelo. Double Density, your home to tech tales and paranormal primers. Now, first things first, Angelo, we did not discuss this off mic. I'm kind of a semantics kind of guy sometimes, as you know, I can be a pedantic about things. Um, are we doing 101 or 101 now that we've like crossed the threshold? So I'll let you decide because I really don't care either way. 101, I think, rolls off the tongue more easily. It does because let's say like we, you and I, like continue doing this, right? Do I really want to do episode seven hundred and sixty-two? Not really. Well, even just closer, one hundred and two, one hundred and ten. Well, there you we go. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. One hundred and two is good. One ten. Yeah, that makes sense. We've been gone for a little while, uh, and now we're back. Yeah, well, we haven't really been gone that long. We haven't. No, but we've had an
0: episode come out every week. Yeah, no, but you and I have had kind of a weird March. Yeah, I was on vacation, and then you were away somewhere. Exactly. Now I'm, I'm back. And uh, you want to, uh, you're doing that thing where you're uh, highlighting all of the notes again. I've just noticed as we tried to get into serious podcasting, and that's fine. Um, you want to start things off by annoying me. And so the floor is yours. Well, no, it's just uh, recently
1: uh, our friend Tyler Menard from RGVA kind of got me uh, re hooked back on uh, F1, which I used to follow a long time ago. I actually went to a race once uh, way back in 1994. Uh, that's funny as i said tyler his 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 face just popped up on my computer cuz he's texting that's me that's weird Yeah. that's creepy so i don't know if he's if he's listening or what anyway i've been i used to follow f1 and then i kind of like fell out of it in like the mid 2000s and stuff i've kind of gone back into it i've been enjoying it i've watched uh well enjoying it there's only been one race and i've been listening to a few podcasts about it and um, there was a sale on the opening weekend of the PS4 game, uh, F1 2018,
0: which is a relatively recent game. It was 65% off, Brian. 65 I wonder why uh, it was a. Re- you, you said F1 2018, relatively recent. I think we could figure that out by the title. It came out in, uh, in August of last year, so it's not that old. Right. No, the, the idea that the it's not F1 1997, F1 2003, it's F1 2018. So oh, okay. re- relatively close by its very nature, right? Yes, exactly.
1: And it's it's quite good. I, I forgot how much I liked the driving games and that, that very weekend, it seemed like a lot of driving games were on sale because I ended up buying a Burnout Paradise Remastered for the PS4,
0: which I don't know if you ever played that game, but it's really fun. I have not. A uh, question for you, hot take here, is uh, F1 the meth of the bourgeoisie? <laughs> because you're talking about getting hooked yeah well it is a lot of fun there's so much that
1: goes on around it and it wasn't just tyler uh that got me re-hooked back on it it was also the fact that there was the uh netflix documentary about f1 i don't know if you watched that no of course not so I kind of started with that and then talked about it with Tyler and like, you really should get back into it. So I started in reading up and going back and looking at videos and stuff and uh, reminding myself how much I enjoyed seeing fast cars drive really
0: fast around tracks. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also um, a lot of tech involved, right? So that's the thing. See, you're talking to someone who actually appreciates NASCAR, right? So I, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, I get it. It's uh, really interesting. I think that each of, uh, so both F1 and NASCAR kind of have their own challenges. Um, true, F1 is uh, not a circular track, but that's fine. Uh, I just don't care mostly at all about the culture surrounding F1 because it strikes me as very like sweater dad.
1: Yeah, and it's also a little hoity-toity, right? Like,
0: I mean, they all live in Monaco and <laughs> I, I hear it's expensive to live there. Do you? Want, are you prospecting? Are you like, yeah, no. this is your next like, place to go?
1: And as people that live in Montreal, we know that, like, once a year, F1 fans, like, descend upon Montreal-like locusts and take over downtown. It smells
0: like, like, Crescent Street smells like Axe body spray, right? Yeah. And um, there's trash everywhere. It smells like really bad cigars. Um, And my family still kind of does, but they used to live very close to the St. Lawrence River. And the track on St. Helens Island, you can actually hear the cars on the Sunday morning. I grew up hearing them.
1: Uh, You hear them all weekend, actually. They're really loud. I I don't know if you still hear them now because they are actually quieter. Something I discovered since I stopped watching F1 is that now the cars
0: are like hybrids. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, I have some stories I can't share um, uh, on the air about people who worked security there. And there's a lot of really interesting stuff that I may tell you at a later date why do you tease our audience like that? Double density. Apple had an event earlier this week that uh, unleashed a torrent of like different items uh, meant to uh, entice, intrigue, and titillate um, fans of uh, different kinds of tech.
1: Literally star-studded. There was a whole bunch of uh, celebrities they paraded out,
0: which, uh, did you watch it at all? I watched some of it, right? Like, I saw the Oprah reveal. It got really boring. Yeah, it's yeah. the the consensus seemed to like it was like a little too long.
1: Yeah, it was it was borderline the Apple Music event. Yes, uh,
0: without any music though, and no Drake or uh, Jimmy Iovine. Right. Uh, a couple of things to note though. So let's start with Apple Arcade, kind of a cool concept. Who knows how they're going to take that? Right? Because I guess they're now trying to compete with uh, Google and what they're planning on doing. Everybody's kind of describing it of like a
1: Netflix for video games. Like you just have the games from iOS. If you subscribe to Apple Arcade, so it's not all the iOS games, but it's like a select bunch of games that you can just access whenever you want. I think it's interesting for people that like playing games on iOS devices. I don't really like playing games on iOS devices. Me neither. But I, I get the appeal. People love it, and kids these days—that's what they love: the games the on kids, the iOS devices. They love the Minecraft. It's coming. This back. is why I force my children to play real video games with controllers. <laughs>
0: Do you like hold them up like by the scruff of their neck if they I don't? smack the iPads out of their hands <laughs> and I stick a Nintendo Switch in their hands. And you say you better game. You got three hours today. Yeah. Son, and daughter. you're starting
1: with Super Mario Brothers one.
0: Oh yeah. They have to earn the right to get to play other games. And
1: they don't even get to Mario Brothers two USA. They have to do the
0: lost levels first. The lost levels. You have to. Yeah. yeah. You you have to run your kids through the entire gamut here. Yeah. Um a uh, soul alongside Apple Arcade, of course, is the news plus option right now. Yeah, we finally got uh, Apple news in Canada. Not that I was like eagerly awaiting it or anything. Because, yeah, you get most of your news
1: from MySpace and uh, Yahoo groups from what I understand. Yeah, of course. Uh, And my Newsnet groups through um, Outlook (laughs) Express. (laughs) Right. I don't really have that much time to read more magazines, although if somebody likes magazines... Uh, news plus isn't a bad thing 10 bucks a month and you get access to 300 magazines
0: Not so 300 bad. in the states though so that's the thing so my coworker actually uh, started his free trial today and we we went through it together um the problem is that a lot of these magazines aren't optimized right so you have to zoom in a lot in order to read articles so things like wired and national geographic are fine but um he was showing me uh, like a mountain biking uh, magazine that we had to like basically like scroll into a bunch and it's really annoying
1: okay so they're not all optimized to
0: be used. no not at these. all and so and he was they only saying, like, showed it, the
1: really cool stuff then
0: yeah. So he was also saying, like, we don't in Canada get 300. I don't remember what the, the total is, but he, uh, he was saying that it's significantly less than that.
1: Oh, uh, well, uh, we should just be glad we get
0: something, right? Unlike the credit card, which we will not be getting. Well, we'll talk about the credit card in a sec, but one last thing about news plus and magazines. Um, so there's a, these PDFs are unencrypted, Angelo, that sit on Apple servers. So there are easy ways in which you can, um, uh, call out to their servers and basically, Collect different uh, pages and form your own magazine super easily for free. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're going to plug that hole pretty quick, aren't they? I, I would hope so, but a lot of people have been uh, using and abusing it uh, within the last 24 hours. The when back someone realizes the realized- truck
1: is wide open, I guess just <laughs> flying out all over the street. <laughs> right. All of these digital issues of Wired and National Geographic. Well, they used the analogy of everybody loves standing in front of a newsstand, which I, I actually laughed out loud when when Tim said that
0: because I'm like nobody knows what this is, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people had the same reaction. It's true, uh, though. I did. I was uh, away recently, and I did do that a couple of times. It was kind of cool. Just stood in front of a newsstand? Yeah, for sure. There's some larger ones that I saw with a bunch of magazines that you don't really get to see anymore from around the world, so that was kind of cool. That's fine. Uh, Speaking of the credit card, though, so every American psycho fetishist ever uh, now has a reason to live. Yeah, so you get, it's basically a a virtual credit card to really, that's like they really want you to use that, but then if you really need to, they send you a metal slab (laughs) through the mail. A big, thick metal slab with no name on it, right? There's no identifying features, there's just a chip in it. You just slide that over at the restaurant. See what they say. Yeah, they'll probably ask you for like two more forms of ID. Um, The interesting thing though is like with um, uh, with the credit card and their like new methods of payment. Apparently, like that's this is how um, app developers uh, for iOS are going to get paid from the store, like by credit card. I don't get it. No, no through the through the credit sort of like the the system they're kind of creating. Well, so that that was the actual coolest thing about the whole credit card. I don't
1: really care for credit cards. I have two credit cards because it's good to have credit cards, but. Uh, I don't care about the interest rates. Like, uh, Pro tip for adults, try to pay off your credit card at the end of the month. Whoa, yeah. what?
0: Yeah, I, I give out financial... financial. Uh, what else you got? Like, uh, Don't uh, use coupons. Use coupons is a good one. Yeah, I actually
1: never use coupons. And I always just go shop at the same grocery store because I'm too lazy to look for deals.
0: Well, there we are, my friend. Yeah, so uh, uh, just listen to me about cre- paying your credit card at the end just, of the month. That's, yeah, exactly. That's the only thing um, I do. So yeah, so a credit card, a big metal slab. Um, you know, anyone who's ever seen American Psych or read it uh, knows how people tend to fetishize these things. Interesting thing about a credit card, though, is that it keeps you within the Apple ecosystem for everything else they've announced, uh, including a lot of Apple TV Plus stuff, which starts uh, fall 2019. You and I have discussed this at some prior keynotes. You know, I've been going on for about a year about this, about how they, uh, I was hoping that they would sort of uh, uh, announce something they have. It's, a, it's an interesting slate of uh, different shows, including a Jennifer Aniston one. Yeah, with Steve Carell and Reese Witherspoon. Now, the interesting
1: thing, like, so I didn't think it was going to be like this. So basically, what they've done, it's not like Netflix, where it's Netflix stuff and a whole catalog of other uh, shows. Apple TV Plus, from what I understood, and I could be wrong, and the things might change uh, this coming fall when they actually. Announce the whole service and how much it's going to cost because that's the thing they left us. Like, I actually thought I missed something at the end because like Oprah talked and Tim said nothing about the price, so they haven't announced it. But what I'm assuming is there. So the Apple TV is so they they changed a few names, right? So now what we knew as the Apple TV is the Apple TV HD or the Apple TV 4K. That's the little box. Mm-hmm. Apple TV is the app. And now Apple TV plus is if you pay for these extra shows that are going to be in that app, but that's all you get. You're not going to be from what it seems, you're not going to be getting any sort of back catalog of other things. It's you're just paying for these Apple TV plus shows, which seem right. to be pretty good. Like I'm interested in amazing stories. Cause I really love that. Uh, I love that show growing up and, um, of of the presenters, the one that I enjoyed the most, and it's it's I guess it's kind of obvious because he's used to standing
0: in front of a crowd, but that would be Kumail Anjani. He was really funny. Yeah, I think by nature he was probably the most natural at all these things, right?
1: Yeah, a lot of people seem like they were reading lines, whereas he wasn't. Like he just came out there and said stuff, and it was actually very natural
0: looking. And speaking of that, Oprah too, though Oprah too.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and again, because Oprah is that's what she does, right? So yeah, for sure. Oprah was really good too. Uh, I have my own issues with Oprah because like she uh, like gave us Dr. Oz, who I can't stand. Oprah did beget Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil, right? So all that to say, the stuff seems interesting. I'm still not quite sure what's going to happen. I'm kind of getting like subscriber fatigue. We had talked about uh, maybe subscribing to Crave, which I'm not so keen on anymore. Like we're spending all this money and there's so much stuff to
0: watch Absolutely. That it's going to add up to more than a a cable bill, right?
1: Yeah. And there's like a bit of like FOMO going on here, right? Like everybody's like going to miss out on all these shows. That's what you're worried about. So you're going to get all these
0: subscriptions. But at a certain point, you can't watch everything. There's every, no. there's so much stuff to watch. Uh, Yeah. It's very annoying and uh, time consuming. That's the thing. It's like, I feel like I'm running through a checklist these days instead of actually enjoying the programming I watch. Like you and I both recently watched the movie The Dirt, which we both agree was not a great movie. Yeah, I I sat through it. Um, It was uh, it was weird, but that was in development hell for a long time. (laughs) Well, and I think that's the thing too is that I spent so much time waiting for it to come out because the book was written in the early two thousands. It was options sat there for like fifteen years, and finally it's a Netflix movie starring like the dude from Game of Thrones and like Pete Davidson uh, and Machine Gun Kelly, like a rapper as as Tommy Lee. And just it felt very flat for me. Uh, A lot of the uh, acting was very bad. A lot of the costumes were horrible, but. I digress, Angela, because I kind of want to talk about the first person who appeared on the stage for the Apple Plus stuff. Do you remember who that is? Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg, who last month railed against uh, Netflix being included in the Academy Awards. Yeah. Very problematic, my friend.
1: It, it's different because he's involved in this one, so this one's okay.
0: <laughs> well, the thing is, that, like, okay, so if he brings back Amazing Adventures, as he is doing, right, um, uh, should they be Emmy contenders?
1: Well, yeah, it's TV, right? It's right there in the title. So I think they're, they're, that's what they're aiming for—is to be considered for TV. But then, if they have movies, yeah, can they be considered
0: for for Oscars at that point? Who knows? Right. I just think it's it's cherry picking. I, I do yeah, unfortunately think that, like he, uh, knowing fully well what he was up to, uh, lashed out against the Oscars for uh, Netflix movies. Well, at the same time, hoping that his on-demand TV uh, series uh, does well, and I would assume that he would like. Oscar uh, uh and Emmy nominations for his own work, um no matter where they end up right
1: yeah so one last thing I want to say about what bothered me and i I was thinking about what's bothering me about this apple event, and there were it the way it was presented seemed very like uh here's my business presentation type thing, everybody was really yeah. well rehearsed, yeah. and everybody was well spoken it was really great, but it this is one of the ones where I was like, wow. Steve Jobs would have done such a better job than <laughs> ever. like Because, you know, we're talking about how Kamil Nanjani was natural on stage. Steve Jobs was super, na- like, really natural on stage. Right, he, but he's also super smelly, right? So Well, that, that was a case in the 70s when he worked for Atari, but he
0: fixed that. Did he, though? I don't know. He, no, I think he was fine. But No, I, I've read things that say that he continued and persisted with his smell issues. Yeah? Oh. Yeah. Anyway, that's besides the point. He was quite it, natural no, on point. stage uh the only one now i
1: i find approaches this at apple is there's a couple there's phil, phil schiller and craig Federigi are like seem natural on stage and a little less business like tim not so much i don't know but it it, it that's what bothered me about this thing is it seemed a lot more like businessy the guys from sony uh well that came from sony to apple seemed pretty uh You know, this is a business presentation type thing.
0: Right. Uh, Speaking of Sony, before I forget, so the uh, Fox Disney merger has gone through. Yeah. So Disney owns everything now. Pretty much. And the updated, they're like a properties we own thing. Um, I want to maybe next episode we can talk about our our favorite uh, fantasy lineups. How so? Like the X-Men versus the Simpsons. Oh, yeah. X-Men versus The Simpsons versus Spider-Man. No, Spider-Man's a Sony property, Spider-Man's right? Sony, which is why I brought him up personally. Yeah, but anyways, there's a bunch of properties there. Like, you know, like, how does Daffy Duck face off against Galactus, right? Like, how does that go? I'd, I'd pay to see Bugs Bunny and uh, Rocket Raccoon, like, square off. let's put it onto the ether. Let's do this secret style like we tend to do once in a while. Let's write it down on our vision board and then uh, we're going to discuss all of that. Uh, Just before I forget though, um, something interesting that I'm sad they didn't touch upon during the presentation was the fact that if you mirrored the uh, logo for the event, it's a pair of uh, alien eyes. Okay. So I noticed that the other day on my Apple TV, I was scrolling down and I
1: saw that they changed it it, it. I saw it right away. I'm like, that looks like half of a face of a gray And we saw it mentioned on Twitter as well uh, by some listeners, and it's really like startling when you think about it. It looks like a gray alien. They're taunting us. And we had talked about this a few few weeks ago, right, about how the Apple logo is kind of like alien-like. Right. We also talked about the uh, the kind of mirroring that happens with the Da Vinci Code episode. Oh, yeah, exactly. So some Da Vinci Code stuff, some alien stuff. Um, See, we can mix tech and paranormal very easily. (laughs) Are you ready to get a little serious with me? Always. I I was going to ask you though, how excited you are to have Apple TV on your Roku soon.
0: On a scale of like one to seven, let's say like a two.
1: Okay. Double density
0: scale of
1: excitedness.
0: (laughs) Well, it's like you mentioned before, right? I just, I have such a sense of FOMO that I feel like I'm just giving up um, any sorts of uh, excitement um, for new things because I still realize how much I have to get to.
1: Well, remember when I was saying, uh, I've, I've said to you before that, you know, I like that stuff is easily accessible because it, it, prevents me from wanting to like take stuff from torrents which is what we all used to do years ago but now there's so much stuff overwhelmingly that like you have to pay like 10 bucks a month to get these two shows you have to pay another 20 bucks a month to these get these other shows it's like we're all just gonna go back to pirating stuff absolutely what do you think the chances are of apple bundling everything together that's the big question that a lot of podcasters and Apple pundits were asking and wondering and was not answered this week. Uh people were like uh trying to figure out what they were gonna call this uh like so called like big
0: Apple bundle. Right and uh the, money please <laughs> the
1: Apple bushel of, of services.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um and you know, like are we are they gonna give a discount if you use the Apple credit card to pay for everything? Right? Like it's kinda like um they want to keep you in that ecosystem and yeah, they're kind you get of cash doing, back, and, Brian. You get yeah. cash back they're trying to end to end here right basically like transactionally speaking well they have to we you said
1: many times they have to do something at this point it. iPhones are are not going to be selling as like exponentially as they were it's going to it's going to even out because everybody's
0: going to have one right they have to figure something out. Well, Yeah, I've said this before. They have to go from a manufacturing um, uh, a producer to a content producer. And that's kind of like the next step in the evolution, right? So you give the framework in which you can watch uh, and consume all of these different kinds of media. And then you uh, create that media. And subscriptions are by far the best model at this point because it keeps the money flowing. It also is like the lowest cost I'd imagine per unit, right? Like versus like having to build a computer, having to build a phone.
1: Yeah, no, no, you get you get it out there and then it's basically data centers. Yeah,
0: exactly. So when is the Apple Death Star coming? They're just going to buy the moon. I can see that happening. Just, you know, uh, paying off every nation on Earth for the moon. Imagine looking up and just seeing an Apple logo up there. I, I want to say that it'll never happen, but like, who knows, right? Maybe the, the face my son saw behind the moon was like Steve Jobs. <laughs> just Steve Jobs just waving at you. Yeah. Uh, anyways, as I asked you a couple of minutes ago before you tried to sidetrack me, let's talk about something a little bit more serious. So I linked you to a Thai, um, a news story. So from Canada, um, about this thing called Project Wide Awake, which is how the RCMP is now m- or has been monitoring, um, Canadians on social media. So the one thing I kept thinking this the whole time I read that article was it's like a primitive minority report. Yeah, it is. So basically, um, we don't know the guidelines by which the RCMP, um, which is like the you know like the federal version of like law enforcement here. It's like our FBI. Let's say yeah, it's exactly. Like the best equivalent. Yeah. So the Royal Canadian Mounted Police they've gone from a reactive approach. So the uh, using social media and the aftermath of events in order to kind of uh, find clues uh, to a proactive event where they are now monitoring um, actively, apparently um, social media for uh, different kinds of threats and things like that. But um, no one is quite sure what the guidelines are. They haven't been uh, publicly like brought out or anything. Um, there's a lot of like really problematic stuff here that I think uh, we need to watch out for. Uh, you know, there are things like, for example, like uh, the way in which they operate, is not clear, right? So it's kind of giving a carte blanche to digital activities. You don't feel safer, Brian, that they're monitoring everything? <sighs> this huge theater of war, Angelo, is largely uh, bullshit, and you know this. Yeah. I don't think
1: that much comes of this other than just a whole bunch of garbage they have to sift through. And the idea that them monitoring everybody is going to help them solve
0: or prevent crimes is kind of laughable. Well, they're saying it's not a mass surveillance device, but it, it kind of really is. Um, and uh, I feel like this is like the normalization of uh, big brotherish type of activities. And I don't mean that in a scare quotes kind of way, I mean that like in a very. Literal kind of way, right? where like our governments are watching us and profiling us um, based on uh, one avenue, uh, which is largely incomplete. Something to note too is that the um, expectation of privacy we enjoy in Canada is much higher than that of the United States, too, right? So while uh, law enforcement officials in the US can use social media in order to monitor things, our expectation of privacy is a little bit different.
1: Well, and so bringing it back to the Apple event, did you notice after every
0: single thing they they unveiled, they talked about the privacy? Yes, I uh, noticed that that was a constant, uh, like, secondary theme. I think Apple's, like, going all
1: in with the the privacy thing and, and using that to differentiate themselves from everybody else. The problem is, is, like, you're putting your app on Vizio TVs, which are the worst for privacy. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm wondering how that's going to work, because, yes, the Apple TV app might be
0: private, but Vizio still kind of monitors everything you're watching on that TV. For sure. Uh, and it's kind of analogous too, except uh, instead of a private corporation, this is the RCMP, right? The Mounties are watching you. Uh, something to note too is I usually never say this, but head over to the comment section. There are almost 300 comments. A lot of them instructive. A lot of really good comments. A lot of really good discussions around um, the ideas of what is semi-private? What is an expectation of privacy in Canada look like? Um, uh, how far are we from a police state? Um, and as you were saying, like this kind of feels like predictive, right? Yeah. I'm, I, and the thing is, like, I'm not a huge fan of, like, oh, you know, um, since I, uh, I'm doing nothing illegal, then therefore they can come and infringe my rights. I'm very staunch in the way that, like, uh, I will allow or I wish to allow, um, people to monitor me, right? As any rational person would be.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm not, like, I've always said, like, I have nothing to hide, but I also don't want people
0: listening in on me. Right. And this is, this is way more pervasive than, um, than, I don't know, like overhearing conversation on a, you know, on a bus or something. This is really targeted kind of things. Yeah, I'm the guy with three microphones in his house. Yeah, <laughs> none of them plugged in. No, they're all plugged in. They all go straight How to How are you Google. even doing this podcast? Are you, are you just yelling into your telephone? I wonder if they monitor our podcast. Like, do they,
1: do they follow a Double Density account? Can you check to see if one of our followers is the RCMP? Yeah, I'll just, I'll just go ahead. I'll fax them and find out what's going on. Uh, well, Actually, as soon you know what? as we, we tweet about talking about this article,
0: we're going to be on their list. What we should do, though, is we should uh, file an access to information request about each other. Can you do that? Yeah, absolutely. Are you All kidding right. me? Of course you can. Oh, I have nothing to hide. It's your right as a Canadian to uh, to find out what they have on you. See, so yeah, a Project Wide Awake, um, the opening salvo, I guess, in the next kind of like um, uh, phase of digital... Um, surveillance and digital living in Canada in 2019 and for sure other countries do it too right so uh, we're not one of that it's just our uh, uh, the way in which we kind of act and react to these things is how we'll differentiate ourselves from other countries I guess sometimes we do long
1: for the good old days when uh, there was no social media and I always say it in the context that I, I liked it better when I didn't know what what a lot of people thought because uh, I don't want to know what
0: they think it's just ugly yeah just ugly um, we'll see where this goes I if and this was all hidden, right? Like this. Uh, yeah, exactly. It, it only came uh, to light uh, through some uh, documents that were either handed to or accidentally given to some reporters. Right. Well, so, this is where knows? journalism
1: becomes important.
0: And uh, again, going back to the Apple event, they talked
1: about how important news is and good uh, fact, good factual news is is what we need now. And yeah, support your local news organizations. I think that's the best thing you
0: can do. Yeah, as long as you give Apple 50% of what, what your earnings are. <laughs> that is an incredibly uh, disappointing thing to do. And with that, my friends, uh, let us close the chapter. I will continue to monitor ha-ha, uh, the situation <laughs> at hand, and I will see you in the paranormal section. See you there. A double density PSA. Don't you dare copy that floppy. Or copy it, who cares? Double density Welcome back to Double Density. As always, we are switching gears from tech to the paranormal. So, Angelo, I kind of want to make a thesis statement. I want you to either agree or disagree with me. And let's start things off. You ready for this? hmm People disappear. Yeah, they do. Fact. People disappear for a reason. Also, objects disappear for a reason. You, would you agree with this? I, I definitely would. And I kind of looked into
1: that stuff this week? Oh, did you? Yeah, I did. Uh, first, I I kind of started with like uh, famous disappearances. Um, obviously, everybody knows the
0: Amelia Earhart disappearance, right? So uh, I actually just watched the vintage uh, unsolved mysteries uh, uh, segment about that. Hilarious. The reenactments are horrible.
1: Yeah, I. I uh, that's how I I first heard about her. I I. I mean, I was a little kid when when that. And so mysteries came out. So I had never really heard of Amelia Earhart, and that I th- I found that really fascinating. Do you have any thoughts on where she ended up? There's that really promising plane they found on the coast of like a a, a small island, right? That re- um, astonishing legends has done a lot of stuff on this, and I, I urge you to just go listen to their episodes about this stuff because it's it's been really great to to that that's how I've learned a lot of the more recent discoveries about Amelia Earhart. I kind of personally like the one where uh she came back to the u.s and lived under an assumed name
0: (laughs) yeah i kind of do one uh like you said like there are other podcasts that go much more in depth than this like there's um a lot of uh theories about her being a spy for example right that one's really interesting actually um and, uh, but I,
1: I didn't really want to talk about her too much because that's, that's like, that's been done. And there's people that have done so much more research
0: than our little primers go, uh, like don't even think that, right? Though if, if people like uh, to hear us do more about your heart, like tweet at us, email us at, uh, you know, double density podcast at gmail.com. Let us know if you want us to do an episode on that. We're always open to that, right? Yeah. If, if there's any topic
1: you want us to like cover things that pop up on our radar, we just want to go in and talk about it. But if there's something you, you mentioned that we, you'd like to hear us discuss. Let us know. We, we've we done
0: it in the past. We'll do it in the future. If, if Our DMs are also open, double underscore density on Twitter. And we're done with Facebook, so don't even think about it. No, no there. Facebook, no more MySpace, no more Friendster. All right, uh, so let's move on from Amelia Earhart, right? Let's talk about disappearing people, disappearing objects, theories behind things. Um, we're going to get into the terrestrial, the non-terrestrial, the weird, the ultra weird, the uh, dimensional, the uh, extra dimensional. Wow, look at you. Uh, well, look, Netflix just came out with
1: a documentary about the disappearance of uh, Madeline McCann which uh, I had never really heard of. And I didn't watch this documentary, but I kind of looked into it. And it's it's a really sad uh, story, especially as a parent. But the parents of her have been getting a lot of uh, hate mail and stuff after this documentary because the reason she got lost is because the parents went out to dinner and left their kids alone in their rooms. right? Like they were uh, away in Portugal on a trip and they just left the kids in the apartment and they would go in and check on them every Half hour or so, which honestly, I could never imagine doing that uh like how old was she is she uh at the time? I think she was like uh eight or so she was very young. yeah it's, it's a little too young yeah and and she they went back to the room and she was gone. The windows were
0: open, and she just disappeared they they never found her. Wow. Okay. So I haven't watched that yet. I don't know much about the case. It sounds like something I would people able uh, to look into.
1: Yeah, I haven't watched it either. I'm not, I don't think I will watch it. I just kind of know a little bit about the case, but it's, it's not, so, I, I find that stuff really hard to watch. Yeah, I do agree
0: with that. Looking into this appearance of people brought me to something even more interesting <laughs> to me. Oh boy. Are we going to talk? Okay. If this is uh, what I think, you're, do you want to talk about the Thought Company article? Is that what you want to start with?
1: Well, it 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 is something that
0: popped up and it's disappearing object phenomenon or as a some DOP as some DOP, which to me as a you know a cinema file stands for director of photography. Obviously, uh, linking things back to our tech section, but in this case, it's disappearing object phenomenon. And uh, you put in this uh, article in the show notes uh, that came out actually relatively recent in September about a, a series of theories about why things disappear, which makes me laugh because it goes from like, oh, that makes sense, to uh, no way. So I'll, I'll, I'll
1: come right out and say it. I, I think you know what I'm probably going to say is that I think all of this <laughs> has to do with just people being forgetful or other people borrowing stuff. Huge what? surprise. Like,
0: huge, huge, bigly, so, bigly surprise here. So
1: if something, so I live in a house with two children and a cat and, and although, and, and, and one very responsible adult being my wife, if something's gone, I will pretty much be sure that it's one of my kids that picked it up and put it somewhere else. Or the cat sometimes. I know your cat messes with your audio levels. so uh, She does, yeah. What's to say that a cat won't just pick something up and run off with it? I mean, your your cat caused me much distress when you kept accusing me that I couldn't get an edit right and kept having room tone when it ended up being your cat. Or just, the yeah, poltergeist the th- in your house that changes right. your levels.
0: So let's go through this list. Okay, great. Great. Uh, Because I want to hear your hot takes on this. So the first one they suggest is absent-mindedness, right? So the idea that you put something somewhere and then moved it, but didn't consciously register that you've moved it. Yes, and that makes a lot of sense. Uh, And then next up is something that makes more sense for you than for I, the concept of the borrower, right? So someone else in your household has uh, decided to take an object without notifying you, and suddenly you are fearful for your life. Yeah, so we go from absent-mindedness, makes sense, the borrower. Next on the list poltergeist <laughs> checks out i like how that's like a quick jump from like irrational to um uh, uh more esoteric uh, yeah, slightly yeah so they give uh, an example of someone who's saying that they their grandmother they own their grandmother's jewelry box and she had passed and sometimes she would leave jewelry out and the jewelry ended up in the box in the morning what do you think about poltergeists? i'm into it you really yeah it's 2019 brian i'm all in yeah poltergeist makes sense to me i hope that i have one watching out for me that'd be kind of cool poltergeists don't usually watch out for you though. They usually, uh, I know they're tricksters. I'm just saying like, I would like a good one. Like, please, if you decide to come haunt the crap out of me, like I want a good one. Instead of taking things, it just finds things for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or just like gives me things of an equal value. Yeah. Not bad. I just You end up with like an extra microphone or something. So no. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, No, But it's like not the kind that I want. Uh, next up on the list. And this one really made me laugh is temporary invisibility. Yeah. Because that happens all the time. Uh clearly, I know you're being facetious, but uh, who's to say it's not happening here, Angela? Who's to say we're not living in different dimensions, right? Which is actually, I just really literally realized that that is the next point, which is dimensional shift.
1: Yeah, that's something you always talk about when, whenever
0: I bring up shadow people and stuff and how I don't think yeah. of you, that's real. Uh, you often well, bring up... Well, we also up- talk about the idea of like, um, um, uh, quote unquote, aliens and UFOs uh, not being extraterrestrial, but like Earth-based different dimensions, which um, makes as much sense uh, as any other hypothesis at this point, right?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think the uh, that doesn't make as much sense as any other hypothesis. There's a couple that make a lot of sense, and there's a bunch that don't make any sense.
0: So to me, the last two make the most sense to you. The first two, tomato, tomato. Yeah, exactly, Brian. <laughs> um, but the funny thing is the article quotes, you know, like, oh, uh, I think fairies uh, when I think of like uh, DOP. So I, I do have an anecdotal fun
1: little story for you. Um, all right, everyone get comfortable. Okay, so we were all upstairs, and we heard a loud bang. We as in your family, not we as in you and I. No, like, yeah. we, so I think my, we need to make that clear. Myself, my wife, the two kids, and even the cat. So it wasn't a cat. We heard something, uh, a loud bang. We weren't sure what it was. Uh, and we came downstairs. We like We we could not figure out what it was. And then I noticed, for some reason, my uh, Super Mario encyclopedia
0: inexplicably fell off the shelf. Uh, gravity, a gust of wind, or a poltergeist who does not want you to play old video games, they want you to, to join Apple Arcade.
1: And, and this happened this weekend uh, as I was researching uh, stuff vanishing and teleporting and
0: all that stuff. So, You know uh, what they call that, Angelo? Synchronicity. synchronicity? Synchronicity. Everybody talks about that now. So this American encyclopedia falls off. Uh, what
1: was going through your mind? I was just wondering why it fell, but then I realized my wife earlier in the afternoon had taken a book off that shelf and it must have just kind of moved and started teetering and then finally fell.
0: So she debalanced it. Yeah, that, which is probably what happened. Or mid disappearance, could either or, right? At this point, it could be another dimension, it could be a fairy, it could be a poltergeist. You never know. So moving on to um, uh, sort of like literal kind of interpretations of like uh, disappearing objects to something a little more um, uh, out there, programmed high level uh, is the idea that we might be living in a simulation.
1: Yeah, when I, in researching the whole. Uh, disappearing object phenomenon thing i came across uh, a reddit post and it's from the uh, subreddit glitch in the matrix <laughs> which i didn't realize existed that has
0: 334000 <sighs> subscribers gosh okay so let's start with this right so um i i want to live in a parallel universe where the matrix trilogy never existed right because i feel it's given a whole generation of people an identity based on uh red pill blue pill Um, uh, mastering of the blade—the idea that the matrix is real, uh, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't buy into any of that
0: stuff. But uh, so, but I was reading about how I'm just saying. There's a generation of neckbeards that are
1: indebted to the movie trilogy. Do you realize that movie's 20 years old
0: now? I do. I do very much so.
1: It blows my mind. I remember when it came out. I was uh, actually working at a movie theater, and we were all very excited to go see it. And when you saw it, did you love it? I liked the first one because it was uh, pretty much, you have to say, it was unlike any, anything uh, any American cinema had done at the time, right? Because uh, yeah, they, they, they based it a lot on, on some Chinese
0: uh, and Hong Japanese Kong movies, too. right? Yeah. But yeah, really great. I liked it. And uh, who doesn't like Keanu Reeves? Uh, it's true. He's one of the most likable people uh, in the world. It's funny. I saw a meme of like celebrities. like it was, it was a club. And it was like, celebrities, I hope, aren't bad people. And it was like Keanu Reeves and Tom Hanks. And I don't think they are. I don't think. That, well, you know, who knows how they are, right? Like, I'm not going to presuppose that they're uh, angels or demons. but... Oh, but nobody comes here for our hot takes on uh, celebrities. They want to know sure, if that's they my live sister in the podcast. Matrix. Yeah, that is my sister podcast.
1: Now, so so people disappearing, objects uh, disappearing. Could this be related to us living in a simulation? And what, like, it seems like. Objects disappearing are more common, and could it be because like objects are easier to like animate in this sort right. of? So,
0: so run me through like like what like the, the draw ride was too crappy. <laughs> yeah, who
1: knows? That, that's the thing, uh, right? And and why do people sleep? That's the that's uh, somebody said this once. Where like people sleep because uh, the the computer is not powerful enough to
0: have everybody up at the same time. Okay, so let's go run with this metaphor, right? So, um, uh, being drunk means you're skipping frame rates, and it's it's really good for the central CPU to have that because they don't have, like have to um, give you as much computing power to continue your day, right? So, getting drunk is uh, a good thing for the Matrix. That's possible. Sleeping is the other
1: thing. Napping really helps. Maybe that's why I nap so often. <laughs> because you're a part of the simulation,
0: you're you're aiding the simulation. Yeah, when you need to add more things, you just like add things that nap, like cats. Right. So, would that explain, like, flat Earth, for example? Like, the the draw rate on the distance is really bad? No, even the people living in, like, who run the simulation think the flat earthers are crazy. They think that (laughs) there's something that's gone wrong. Their data's corrupted. I don't know, man. Maybe the draw distance thing kind of makes sense to a flat earther if, like, we're actually living in a simulation. Well, look, if. I'll take the simulation theory over
1: the poltergeist thing. Although I guess Whoa. if we're living in a simulation you could have poltergeists. So it's That's just true like
0: yeah. I, I don't know, it becomes a circular argument I guess. Did you ever use one of those um uh like uh Win98 or or uh Windows XP RPG makers? No. Where, like you can construct your own RPG and like place little objects and things like that? No, but I've done that with like uh racing games. Right. So I feel like this is just uh, like a very evolved What if it's a Truman Show kind of thing where like we're all living because of you? Oh, you're the primary, you're the primary user. Uh, It's incredibly narcissistic. So all the podcasts I listen to are made specifically for me. All (laughs) the TV shows Apple put on that event for me. Every time you go to a Disney park, it's flooded with actors that you know have been paid to be there. I feel bad for the actors that have to do those music festivals. I never show up. <laughs> um, yeah, just imagine being on call. Like, hey, he's actually going to make it today. So we need a stage. We need 40,000 people. And we need some people who can play music. That'd be pretty great. Anyways, uh, coming back to kind of the matter at hand here. Uh, yeah, so a simulation is an interesting way and in kind of, uh, I think it's a, it's a good way of um, letting the brain order um, things that otherwise don't make sense, right? The chances that we're actually in a simulation are, are quite low. But it's a fun theory to throw around. For sure. I, uh, I've been wanting to read uh, Michael Talbot's uh, The Holographic Universe all about this. I, it's been sitting here for like a year now and I need to get to it. Get to it, Brian. Stop reading the Mario Encyclopedia, which I know you own. Well. <laughs> which, which will fall down eventually. That thing's flying off the shelves. (laughs) Literally and figuratively. Uh, I kind of want to talk about one last thing about Disappearances, um, kind of like more seriously, but also like not as serious. Um, And it's something that I want to touch on, but not really kind of go in depth too much because I feel like it deserves its own episode. But I want to talk about David Politis and his Missing 411 stuff.
1: Also known as a palette swap
0: for uh, George Norrie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if you go take a look at him and listen to him. Yeah. So, um, Dave Pletus is a, uh, former police detective though. Uh, I don't know. I've seen, um, some of those pictures robbed Rob from our strange guys pointed to a, a particular picture that looks horribly photoshopped. Yeah, that was from like a history documentary, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so David Politas um, uh, has two very big interests in his life. One of them is Missing 411, which is a series of self-published books. And there's also a documentary that exists. And he kind of explores um, a, a lot of different kinds of cases, mostly centered around people who disappear in U.S. national parks. He also is very interested in Bigfoot. Well, of course he is. Is, it, is Bigfoot stealing these people? Or do you, you don't steal
1: people; you kidnap them, I guess.
0: Yeah. So Polidus um, kind of gives a variety of explanations for a, a lot of like different kinds of of uh, disappearances that happened. And a lot of his thinking, unfortunately, is based on the fact that like uh, he tries to apply logic to a lot of series of incidents that don't necessarily have logic. Like why does person X do this particular behavior? It makes no sense. Like for example, like if you uh, are in a cold climate and then you leave your clothes somewhere, or you're like you're half naked, like that makes no sense to me. Um, people are very irrational, especially um, when they uh, run into instances of uh, being extremely afraid, extremely scared. You know, uh, the rational thinking kind of goes out the window a lot of the time. Well, think of what. Happen at the atlo Pass,
1: right where they they left the tents they cut it from the inside, uh, they left their clothes there. no one knows what happened, uh, but something did happen and they hell
0: died unfortunately right um, there's so David please basically um because these u s national parks are publicly funded there's a lot of like information out there about um, uh, cases that have happened. He gives a variety of reasons for like different things that happened hit or miss ratio is kind of hard to tell. So I've actually included in the show notes a link to data skeptic.com about an article and a video sort of like debunking a lot of, of, of the way in which pletus approaches things. And basically what they're saying is that like um, the number of like unexplained or unexplainable uh, kind of uh, issues is very minor to what is being broadcast.
1: And the, does the video explain like what happens to these people is they're just regular
0: disappearances or, well, it kind of like discussing like human behavior and things like that. Right. So the idea that the, um, the different theories that exist for different kinds of cases, what Politas presents versus like, you know, how someone else may interpret the evidence and how like applying rational thought to a lot of these kinds of things, um, works out really well. And, and the, so he, kind of re- he, he believes in both like, oh, they're classic disappearances. Like people, you know, um, took a bad step and died, but then there's also like disappearances, extra dimensional stuff, extraterrestrial stuff. Like it's kind of a, board of, of reasons. So
1: it's an expansion of that article about the, the, the disappearing object phenomenon. It goes from
0: uh, common things to completely uh, extraordinary things. Yeah, exactly. I do think that uh, he also tries to draw links where there are no links to um, a lot, in a lot of cases, uh, which is kind of very um, interesting and unfortunate because, you know, you and I like to joke about and talk about UFO, um, you know, contacting phenomenons and things like that. But we've gotten serious about it. And unfortunately, something to note about a lot of what he does is that he Brings to families uh, the notions of like or, or, or theories as to why these people were killed, right? Which a lot of the time aren't really based on logical thoughts. So it's it's this weird, like disrespect almost of someone's life by suggesting that you know a, a Bigfoot or an alien or an extra dimensional like uh, being got to them. It's similar to how
1: sometimes psychics uh, will tell families that they think they know their loved one is is alive or. Or in worst cases, uh, they say they're dead and then they end up being alive, which has happened from what I understand. I think We're, that happened with Sylvia uh, Brown. The links right? may not appear, yeah. but yeah. Uh, there's, there's uh, amazingly so enough, he's almost,
0: that's literally what I was going to bring up, actually. Yeah, she's the worst, or was the it's worst. Is that Sylvia Brown, you know, repeatedly um, has been in the way of uh, legitimate murder investigations. There's a lot going on there with her and the way in which she conducts herself, unfortunately.
1: On, on a scale of one to seven, where do you put uh, David Pleaties in terms of credible
0: uh, versus non-credible? Since
1: we're using uh, scales of seven
0: tonight, uh, uh, a character Brian on on the show Double Density, we give him a six, right? Because that's what he does. Uh, realistic Brian off mic, like a two. Yeah. Unfortunately, and that's the thing too, is that like I feel like when you're playing with people's lives, you can't just you know uh, make things up um, based on threads that you don't see, because then you're just Nicolas Cage and Natural Treasure, where uh, the links may not appear, but uh, uh, amazingly enough, he's right all the time. Anyways, all that to say, like if you're interested in David Pleat's work, look it up. There's a lot of information out there that exists, both good and bad, about him. I tend to err on the side that, unfortunately, a lot of the information that he presents is um, of dubious quality, more or less. Like he's not wrong on some of the minority of the cases, but a lot of the time too is like um, the idea that his brand needs to continue through the justification of uh, explaining why these people were lost. Right? Is this whole thing right? Because he needs to keep pushing these books, he needs to keep pushing this documentary. Um, his brand suffers uh, when rational thought is introduced to a lot of the cases as he looks at.
1: And that, therein lies the problem with that type of thing, right? When you have your own agenda to push, you're not going to be useful to anybody searching for someone.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing, too, is that, like, uh, also, there's, like, uh, I haven't even touched about this because, like, it's super weird, but, like, um, there's, like, instances where he's reported on stairs in the woods. Yeah, that always creeps me out. You've mentioned it to me a few times. Uh, what is he trying
1: to say with that? What's he trying to get at? We, we've You've wanted to bring up these stairs in the woods so many times...
0: <laughs> Well, basically all I really want to say is that like, I think that like, uh, stairways to nowhere. Yeah. They're like, they're weird interdimensional kind of things that exist, right? There's a Led Zeppelin song about it. (laughs) Uh, it's kind of interesting and weird, but, uh, yeah.
1: So you don't give any sort of, um, stock in anything he says really.
0: Not much. I mean, the thing is, like, I think that it's interesting that he gives light to a lot of different cases. Unfortunately, he also tries to bring an air into it, right? So, so what do you think? Have you lost anything lately
1: that you think will just reappear eventually, or what? No, I think I'm pretty okay these days. To be like, I've just lost hours of sleep. That's all I've lost. Tell me about it. When you have uh, kids and cats uh, jumping on you
0: in and the stealing the night,
1: your things, stealing your things. It's it's never a dull moment, but it's also I, I wish I could sleep. I don't. I remember the last time I had like a full night's sleep.
0: Oh, that is great to all the sparring parents out there. Uh, Heed Angela's words, I guess. Uh, Pay off your credit card to don't have kids.
1: And and I'm the lucky Uh, one. I I often end up sleeping through certain things my kids do. My poor wife's the one who often uh, will not sleep through it.
0: Oh, okay. So you're putting this on her Uh, husband of the year 2019, Angela Fiorentino. I'm the worst. I feel like this is a great place to uh, close the book on the first triple-digit chapter of uh, Double NC. How's that sound to you?
1: Well, well technically, episode one hundred would be the the first one, but I guess
0: um, that was a different type of episode. This was a different, um, and we're planning on doing more of these normal episodes, and not as many conceptual episodes. <laughs> yes, going I think moving forward
1: uh, past uh, one hundred, now we're 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 we're, we're constantly. Uh, I was going to say twerking. Our, our <laughs> you know what? You could we're, be, and I wouldn't even know. We're constantly tweaking our our format and stuff. We, I I I don't know if I would say go back
0: and listen to like the first
1: ten episodes, but uh, don't do that.
0: No, okay, no. Uh, you know, uh, like thirty-ish onwards, I feel like we really hit our stride. Yeah, once I started editing. oh (laughs) (laughs) and with that friends you can always find us on the internet over on twitter at double underscore density you can also head over to uh, double density.net to find us you can also send us emails double density podcast at gmail.com angelo tune in next week as we continue to explore objects that have disappeared from our lives including my sense of decency angelo see you around see you brian